Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is going on in the stars above us today. And it's Monday, the beginning of a new week. It is the beginning of the go signs, right? We have all planets in forward motion at this point in time, even though Uranus is still kind of hanging stationary. I even checked Mars this morning, still hanging a little bit stationary, having moved just a few minutes forward. But everything from here on should be picking up speed. That's a hallelujah from where I stand because things have been slow, right? They had been sort of being held back by various planets that were in retrograde. So now for the next three months, at least we have all systems go. And that means that we are primed and ready to take action. Action is required. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about that when we get to the Human Design New Year, Gate 41, which is where the sun is located during this period of time, and what how, how that plays into all of the uh, energy of this new beginning uh, with the new moon, and then the new beginning associated with the Human Design New Year and the Chinese Lunar New Year, and with all of the planets now going forward. So, but first, let's talk about where the moon is starting out our week. And we'll take a look at what are some of the big news items for the week ahead. And in specific, we're going to take a look at Venus transiting Pisces, as that is probably the biggest action happening this week as far as something new for us. So good morning to all of you who are coming in. I see Tom. Good morning to you. J-Lo, hello. Christine Buckingham and Pam, you're back from your vacation, I guess, right? And Amy D, can everyone see me? and hear me. Oh, I'm here. Uh, Tom, since you're there, can you tell me? Yep, you see me. Do you hear me though? Good morning, Kajella. It's good to see you. Uh, I'm I'm assuming everybody can hear and see me. I If there's a problem, it might be with your computer system. Um, I don't know what else to say about that. Anyway, so let's start with the moon in Aquarius. Uh, as it is finishing, it's its transit through there. We have uh, interesting contacts today with that. So for right this moment, or at the time I drew up the chart this morning, the moon was at 28 and a half degrees of uh, the sign of Aquarius. Sorry, I'm getting all tangled up in my microphone here. Uh, so we're coming to the end of the uh, the transit of the, the moon in Aquarius, which, of course, gave us that new energy of reinvention and reimagination. Uh, and now we have uh, the moon in void, which means that it's not making any new connections until 9.37 a.m. this morning Pacific time. That'll be 12.37 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast. So that is when the moon will move out of Aquarius and into Pisces. Now, I, I know we've become very familiar with Aquarius because we've had Saturn in Aquarius. We had Jupiter in Aquarius. Of course, we had that. It started with that monumental connection between uh, the sun, I mean, between Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius. And we've talked about it a lot because of uh, Pluto's getting ready to move into Aquarius. But now we need to become very familiar with Piscean energy as Saturn is going to be moving into Pisces when we get to March 7th. And he will be there for about two and a half years. He hasn't been there since the mid nineties. So it's something, you know, in our, it, we have to really go back into our memories to remember what was going on with Saturn in our lives uh, nearly 30 years ago. So what we want to be able to do is understand how, what is Piscean energy and how does it work in our lives? Well, right now we have the moon getting ready to move there. So it's a good opportunity to review a bit about what Pisces is all about. So Pisces as the last sign of the Zodiac sort of includes the coming together, if you will, of everything conscious and unconscious. So we have both the unconscious and the conscious mind. Uh, represented here in the experiences in Piscean energy. So we have imagination, right? The imagination is akin to fantasy. It is akin to our ability to dream. So our dreaming or dreaminess, 
right? There's sometimes that quality of dreaminess that comes up. And it can also be a contributing factor to feeling lost, to not feeling clear about where you want to go or what you want to do or who you want to do that with. So being aware of that lost feeling, it is um, not so much about you're not technically lost, right? <laughs> There's no technical lostness at all. It's just a feeling that we can get sometimes. And that can lead us into overwhelm. And it seems funny, right? Lost kind of, you know, feels sort of like emptiness, not in, not there, kind of, you know, wandering around. Uh, but it can create a sense of overwhelm in our lives as we're trying to gain traction on an idea or we're trying to gain traction on a direction and uh, we can't we can't do it. And then, of course, life right now is so bizarre. Think weird things happening, people leaving the planet in droves. It makes you think about, like, what do they know that we don't know? Uh, and it can sometimes lead us to feel like life is surreal right? There's this surreal feeling that can come up with Piscean energy. Now, because the moon is in, is holds rulership over a fellow water sign, the moon is not uncomfortable here in the sign of Pisces. She's very comfortable here, but she tends to be a little bit more sensitive here to input from other people or from things that are happening. So there's a heightened sense of sensitivity with the moon uh, going through the sign of Pisces. And you know, then you're adding Neptune energies to this as well as Neptune is the more modern ruler of Pisces. And then we start to see boundaries dissolving, right? There's this, you know, we're sensitive to things feel like they're falling apart or they're not holding to their uh, stability or there's, there's like a feeling that things aren't secure. And there is also this feeling that the boundaries are dissolving between realms, right? Between living and dead, between source and earth, between earth and other planets, uh, space, all, all of these kinds of things that uh, where we have very definite boundaries and other signs in Pisces, we kind of lose those boundaries or they dissolve is probably a better word. So they're, they're kind of misty and easily crossed, right? We can easily cross boundaries. Now, as far as sensitivity goes, Pisces is a very sensitive sign psychically as well as emotionally. So we can have this heightened sense of sensitivity uh, where we are very aware psychically of what's happening. We might even have more profound dreams that might have a psychic sort of correlation to them, uh, but we're also heightened emotionally. And here's where some trouble can brew because we're always, we're, we're not quite adept yet at what to do with emotional energy. So we can end up doing things, saying things, that are emotionally reactive versus emotionally responsive. So we will have trigger points, in other words, during the moon in uh, Pisces over these next couple of days that might trigger us in a couple of different ways. Triggers don't have to be bad, right? It doesn't have to trigger you to become, you know, a, a crazy boundaryless person. It can trigger compassion, right? It can trigger your imagination. It can trigger a heightened sensitivity to with a future of what direction to take or what to move toward. So it's not all bad when I say triggers. Triggers are often just those things that happen that propel us forward in some way, or they can propel us backwards as well. But in the grand scheme of things, triggers are really the catalyzing things that cause us to evolve. That's probably the better way to look at it. And then when we're looking at Piscean energy, we are very connected to divine guidance here and mysticism. So the whole idea of metaphysics, of the unseen realm, of the spiritual realm, you could say, and how we are connected to our guides, our angels, uh, to our uh, relatives that have passed over, to uh, just all of the, the different higher spiritual qualities out there. And it can trigger also within each of us the need to seek, the seeking energy, right, of 
uh, being the seeker, not necessarily the finder. There's nothing here that says you're going to find all the answers that you seek. But being a seeker is a part of our human experience, and it is very prevalent in the sign of Pisces. And in terms of divine connection, I think that's the thing that we are after when we get to Piscean energy, where we we really want to feel that connection to spirit or God or source or goddess and embody those divine energies. So we're really looking for connection in, in that way, the divine connection. Now, like in every sign, and you know, we're going to dive more into Piscean energy as time goes on. Uh, we're going to take a look at some of the deeper issues that can come up in Neptune territory. Uh, but you know what? Jupiter is also a co-ruler of Pisces. He is actually the more traditional ruler of the sign before there was a Neptune in the pantheon, then it was Jupiter that ruled Pisces. So we can also see that there's this potential for some great optimism from for some great um, growth in terms of our spirituality, uh, our higher selves, um, connection to our higher selves from our physical being, sort of the blending of the two. And that's a really positive thing if we look at what both planets can bring. Neptune in its lower state can bring us that sense of overwhelm and anxiety, of that dissolution, of disillusionment, of disappointment. Um, but in the higher realm, it can be unconditional love. It can be all the things, the juicy feelings of, of love and compassion uh, that, that we can muster in our human selves. Now, with Jupiter energy, of course, we have that optimism, we have that growth orientation, we have that rising in our consciousness, but in the lower expression, we can experience too far too fast, right? Or we can take on too much. We can become overwhelmed by the need to connect that we, we lose the connection with our physical realm, right? And that's not a good thing either, since you know we're obviously in the 3D physical realm, and this is where it is that we need to have our feet on the ground in order to do things in our lives. To, to evolve, we have to have the feet on the ground. Interesting that Pisces in the body rules the feet, the interface, the grounding, right, between the physical body and the earth. And having to have that anchor as well in order to connect to the higher uh, energies of spirit. Being grounded, big deal, right? It is a big deal, I mean. Uh, now, we have to watch out for a few other things with Piscean energy. Victimhood, the first one, that just is always on the top of my list with Pisces energy. The tendency to go into victim mode, to feel like a victim or that you're being victimized. And that is never the truth, right? You are never a victim. Everything in our world relates to choices and consequences. Now, that's not to say that if somebody harms you in some way, that your that that you're supposed to accept that as something that you deserved or something that um, you created, but it does mean that your your response to what happens to you is in your realm, and it is in your responsibility. And you can either react from the victim standpoint, or you can react from a more empowered person. You can respond versus react. There's the helpless, hapless kind of thing that can happen in the shadow of Piscean energy, anxiety. Now, anxiety often is hard to pinpoint in Piscean energy. Is it because I've been too much in my head, too much in my mind? Or is it because there's so much going on in the world um, that I'm tapped into? Is it from my psychic sensitivity or from my uh, emotional sensitivity? Am I picking up other people's vibes and that's what's overwhelming me or causing anxiety? So if you're feeling anxiety, there's a lot of different places we can check in your human design chart for sure. You know, check for sure the Ajna. Am I thinking too much? Am I caught up in in thinking, you know, swirling around in my mind too much? <laughs> because that swirl in your mind is sometimes just going to create more and more uh, anxiety. It could be in the emotional center. The anxiety in the emotional center comes when we're feeling a lot of emotion and we don't know what to do, or we're being um, emotionally barraged by other people 
who also do not know what to do with their own emotion or how to keep to their own emotional um, stability. So lots of opportunities for anxiety. And if you're feeling that way, then remember, it's something that's coming up. It, it starts within with the trigger from outside, creating it within and taking a look at, well, what does that remind me of? Uh, when has this happened before in my life? What is that anxiety related to? Uh, you know, really doing more of the deep dive on your own behalf rather than looking outside of you to create a victim state, right? Where somebody else did something and that's their problem. You know, they started it. They, they created this for me. Um, we also have to avoid surrendering our power to others in Pisces energy. That's that's a much longer conversation because as soon as we say surrender, you know, there's a lot of spiritual uh, bang for your buck in surrendering to your higher power or to your higher knowing, but not so much when you surrender yourself to other people. So, or to their will or to their ways of thinking. So that one can make for a slippery slope that actually can impact all around your human design, all around your astrology. So surrendering to others, not a good plan. And then as well with Pisces, we have the whole addiction scenarios, right? Where uh, we can, you know, try to mute our, uh, our, our, the harshness of our world through drinking, through drugs, through gaming, through over watching of TV, through uh, our devices and all the things that we do on our devices, through sex, through gambling, through food. So a lot of opportunities here for us to take a look at our addictions and our addictive behaviors, right? So now that's just a, that is just an overview of what the moon brings us in Pisces. Um, we can look deeper once we start to get closer to Saturn moving in there uh, because Saturn brings his own brand of, of fun of issues to the game of whatever sign he moves into. And I, I want to encourage all of you right now. Remember back in the astrology of 2023 webinar, we were talking about the ending of Saturn's transit through Aquarius and what is the gift that you're being given through the last traces of his transit in the sign of Aquarius. And that might need some contemplation time. You might have to stroll backwards a little bit to uh, back into 2020, uh, December 21st, 2020, when he first moved into Aquarius. And remember that was the day he conjuncted Jupiter. So something big was being laid out for us each individually, but also as a society or as a, uh, a culture. And what was that? And then having gone through these almost two and a half years of the um, movement of Saturn through Aquarius, what's the gift that you're left with, right? What is that? And that may take, like I said, some contemplation, looking back over time, um, looking through the struggles, what happened in your lives over that time, and uh, really wanting to end this transit, which you, you have all of February in front of you still and seven days into March before Saturn moves out of Pisces, or I mean, out of Aquarius and into Pisces. So start the contemplation now, start looking at the high side. What, what did I experience? What, you know, what was the stability that uh, Saturn was bringing to me? What was the future orientation? that was being brought to you through uh, the sign of Aquarius. All right, any questions about that? Certainly feel free to um, post them in the comment section. Good morning, Amanda J. It's good to see you. Christine Buckingham says, seeing and hearing you. Awesome, thank you. Kajella, all good on my end. I love it. Good morning, Debbie Tibbetts, two meal. It's good to see you out there this morning. Okay, so let's take a look ahead at the week. What can we expect as we start moving forward? Well, literally, it's a as soon as I say it, all hell will break loose, but it's a fairly quiet week. <laughs> Astrologically, there's not a ton of big things. I mean, I think certainly going from the new moon from for this month, you know, having had first Mars turning direct, and then we had Mercury turning direct, then we had uh, the sun moving into Aquarius, we had uh, the new year, the new moon, the, uh, the new lunar new year, the Chinese new year, but as well, the human design new year, and then Uranus going direct, you know, looking at all of that, 
this week is mild by comparison. So we start today with the moon. That's the biggest news of the day is the moon moving into Pisces. And tomorrow we have a sun sextile Jupiter connection. And that's a positive one. There's nothing. I mean, the only thing I could say there is to, you know, make sure that you don't promise that you can do more than what you really can do right that's the problem i think when sometimes the sun and jupiter get together we feel sort of this you know pump of power this pump of optimism and we might tell people that we can do things and we really can't right we or it ends up we can't deliver so don't over promise uh don't uh try to you know take on more than what you can physically mentally emotionally achieve during this period of time so you moderation right moderation um but for the most part the sun and jupiter work well together you know and remember jupiter's in aries and aries is a seed planter kind of sign it is also ruled by mars so it's activated and action oriented and the sun is the force of our our common personality at this moment in time how how are we looking at ourselves and we're looking at ourselves right now through aquarian lenses and so that that really does show us that you know we're reinventing ourselves perhaps or reimagining what's possible looking at the world through possibility lenses and that is i think another good thing about the sun coming into that sextile with jupiter we can see the possibilities just don't go for the gold start planting the seeds right you want to plant the seeds there's plenty of time when jupiter gets to taurus for you to cultivate and bring something to life right right now we're just laying it down saying okay this is where i'm going to go this is what i want to do um tom uh everything in moderation including moderation exactly right exactly right uh wednesday the moon will make a move into aries and so then we know it's going to join up with everything in aries right now that would be jupiter and chiron and eris so it can be a sort of bump energetically it can bring up maybe more confrontational energies or conflict type of energies uh, it can bring up where we're, you know, trying to speed ahead. So moderation there as well. Take your time. Take your time. We can be patient. One step in front of the other, one foot in front of the other is what's necessary. Now on Thursday, we have Venus moving into Pisces. And uh, she's the first inner planet to be in Pisces right for this year so far. And the inner planets, of course, are personalized, right? There are personal um, experiences of the planets. Now, Venus is actually what in astrology we call exalted in the sign of Pisces. Exalted means that she does her best work in the sign of Pisces. She really blends the best of love and romance and affection and our values and our ability to tap into uh, abundance in this sign so starting thursday we have this really good energy of uh, what i call um rainbows and unicorns right we tend to with venus in uh the sign of pisces we see through colored lenses not through black and white or even gray right we tend to see the kaleidoscopic uh scene of colors and that means the kaleidoscope of possibilities in love right through the lens of loves love and this is a very highly romantic energy. Interesting because she does not leave this sign until after Valentine's Day. So we have the, the goddess of love and affection and romance in the sign where she's exalted because of her connection to love and romance during Valentine's Day. That makes, you know, just looking ahead makes for a very romantic potential for that day. Um, love is all in in this sign right this is all about love the higher expressions of love uh the you know uh person to person love the spirit to person love the you know spiritual love all in this particular sign we forgive easily as well when we have venus moving through the sign it's almost like we can see 
you know, the truth of the interaction between us and that other person or that event and ourselves, we gain understanding about what its meaning was for us or about what the, you know, what did we learn from it? Uh, there is also seduction in Pisces energy. So being seducible, meaning you can be easily seduced or you can be the seductor, seductress, um, be the one that's doing the seducing. And it can be leading us into romance and love, but it can also be getting people on your side to in some way benefit you and other people. It could be related to business. It doesn't have to be just related to relationships like love relationships, because there's bigger relationships. There's other relationships, not bigger relationships, but business partnerships, etc., also fall under Venus's purview. So um, we want connection. Again, there's this connection. But it's also very compassionate love that we have with Venus in Pisces. And it's longing for something that may feel elusive or hard to satisfy. That may be more apparent for those of you who are not in relationships, but really are desirous of being in relationships. So it can trigger that feeling of something's missing in your life. And something that's missing might be that uh, romantic relationship. And it can even feel like it's hard for you to, to even satisfy that need or that desire. Uh, certainly, you know, over the years that we had uh, COVID to deal with, it, it was not something that we could actually do very easily or readily. But now things are, you know, a little bit more open. And maybe what you can find yourself doing is being more willing to go out and to connect with other people in a more social way. Uh, Venus in Pisces blurs the boundaries between you and me, right? We can easily cross over into other people's territory, um, not necessarily in a territorial way, but, you know, pushing ourselves into their lives or them pushing themselves into our lives. And of course, with Venus in Pisces, Venus, because she rules money, we still have this connection to abundance. And it's possible that abundance comes from unexpected sources. You don't see it coming, right? You go to do your taxes, if, especially if you're in the USA and you think you're going to owe, but unexpectedly there's some credit you qualified for and money comes in. It could be money coming in from any number of places. Uh, I just wanted to check and see where Venus is by Gates during this time. Uh, she starts out in her... Um, uh, transit of Pisces in the gate 30. And that uh, 30 is the gate that is about passion, right? It's about drive for getting what you want in life. It's not so much passion that's romantic, but it has a sort of romantic edge because we can romanticize our imagination and our desires, right? Sometimes we can desire something we really want and the universe doesn't necessarily bring it to us or it doesn't happen. And is it because we're being protected from something that really isn't what we want? Or, or is it something that we're not doing to achieve it? So we have a lot of different things that can come up with the gate 30. But right away, she moves into the 55. And the 55 is a gate of abundance, right? It's my dragonfly. It's the dream of the dragonfly that we can with imagination, draw ourselves up and transform through the need and ability to change. So it does bring up an element of faith because the 55 really triggers the need to have faith that if you're looking for a relationship or you're looking for love and romance, that if it is meant for you, it will never be withheld from you. If you're looking for the flow of prosperity, it is never going to be withheld from you, right? It all is predicated on what steps you're willing to take, right? To achieve love, to achieve abundance, uh, to live from a place of self-worth, right? It requires us to take steps. Uh, then she'll move into the 37, which is a gate of family, a gate of connection with community, and then she'll move into the 63, which might trigger us in some way with self-doubt, 
uh, it is about taking off blinders and really seeing truth, being discerning of what's really true and not just falling prey to what people want you to believe is true. And then as she ends her transit, she'll be in the gate 22. Actually, she won't end it at 22, but 22 is the gate of grace, uh, understanding how emotional energy works, that it's moody, that if you're feeling um, bold and feeling good and extroverted, that's a great time to take action outward. But if you're feeling more shy or retiring or introverted, that's a time to not take action necessarily on the outer world, but to stay close to the inner world. And then she actually ends her transit in the gate 36, where Neptune is, and Neptune in, uh, and she at the gate that will, you know, provide us with a Neptune, Pluto, uh, Neptune, Venus conjunction at the gate of turmoil. So change is necessary uh, necessary with the gate 36 and we're needing to make some very big spiritual changes and those two are going to combine their energies for that and some of that may end up being about boundaries again where do i end and you begin where do you end and i begin so fun stuff coming up for that as well uh any questions comments. How is everybody out there? How did your new moons go? How was Uranus turning direct in your lives? Um, how was the lunar new year? Year of the rabbit. Is that bringing you wealth already? <laughs> bringing you good stuff? Is it bringing you love? Uh, I want to hear from you guys. You're awfully quiet out there. And uh, I want to know more. I want to know more. Uh, we actually in our family had a death over the weekend. And it's not someone in my line it's more you know a in-law line but it was still kind of shocking uh a young person fairly young you know not even i'm not sure if he if he was even 40 years old yet passing away unexpectedly and um shockingly right it was kind of shocking in typical uranus fashion right he's very stationary at the last degree of the sign i mean the last degree that he would be in his uh retrograde and yeah, we were kind of shocked by that. Um, what can I say? It's part of the shocks that keep happening on the planet, right? Everything, everybody kind of coming and going and things happening that seem out of our control and unable to be really understood in the context of our humanness, right? Um, you know, why would that young of a person be taken away from the planet just when we really need that sort of youthful energy here? Uh, so hard to understand, but a lot of things happening also in the positive, I'm sure in people's lives, as we are now able to take that next step, right, to move forward. And, and maybe that was his next step forward, right? Maybe his next step forward was a spiritual one uh, that he could only take by transitioning from the planet into spirit form. So hard to say, but we just have to move through whatever it is that shows up for us. Now, I wanted to talk today about uh, more about the human design new year. And, you know, we can't look at the new year without looking at the gate that it begins in. And that is the gate 41. Now, everybody has a gate 41 and it's on the root center of your chart. And the root center, as you know, we've talked about before, is the pressure to take action, to move outward and upward, right? The energy wants to move either out toward uh, evolution, which would be through the spleen, through emotional awareness, out to the emotional center, or up to the sacral for action, right? Or beingness. So any of the energies that are on the root center, they provide us with opportunities to move toward some kind of higher expression, uh, the next level, if you will. And isn't that what a new year is, right? It's usually hope filled with hope, uh, with aspirations or goals, things that we want, um, the ideas that we want to, uh, you know, put out into our, our lives, possibilities, right? It's all about possibilities. And the human design new year beginning at the gate 41 holds the energy of imagination. 
as we kind of talked about on Friday with Pia and Cohen, nothing happens in the outer world that hasn't first begun with imagination, with the creative mind, right? If we can't visualize it, if we can't imagine it, then we can't make it true. We can't make it, we can't birth it into the real world. It's almost like the dream state needs to have some concrete feet. <laughs> it has to have some legs to become real. I was watching this show last night on Netflix. Um, it was called Oppie. And there's probably some other words to it, but Oppie was the main thing. And it was really all about the Mars uh, trips, the, the rovers, cure, uh, spirit and opportunity. That's where they got the name Oppie. And the long vision that um, one person held, I mean, many people probably held the vision, but this one person who held this vision of going to Mars and not just going to Mars, but being able to explore it, right? And he had sent, I don't know how many proposals, I think he said to NASA about funding uh, a rover type vehicle that could fly to Mars and then uh, be on the planet and do exploration, right? Bringing back uh, samples or, uh, you know, analyzing samples of things right there in situ. And he kept getting turned down, right? But he still held the vision. He held the vision and he kept putting in the proposals. He didn't give up. This is such 41 energy, right? Being able to hold a vision for as long as it takes to make it so, right? To make it real, to bring it into reality. And it is sometimes the fantastical. I mean, he started, I think he said 1979 was when he first had this vision. And uh, think about that, how many years, how many decades ago was that, right? And holding on to that vision, never giving it up, and this show is all about how they developed those rovers, how the, the challenges they faced and how they, you know, kept true to the dream and the dream became a reality. No, it is not Elon Musk, uh, not him at all. He has a, he came in much later in that dream. This was, uh, yeah, not a, not a well-known man, um, that, you know, he would be in NASA circles or in uh, space circles. Uh, I'll have to bring that back to you another day, Christine, sorry. Or just watch the show. You'll see him. It was, you know, his dream of going to the planet that, um, and he kept putting in those proposals to do that. Elon Musk came on around later. And, you know, not that he didn't have a dream to go to Mars too. Lots of people out there with different dreams that are, you know, maybe similar or the same. Um, but this gentleman held this dream until it became a reality. And that, my friends, is what we need to do now, right? What is it that you're holding in your imagination? What is it that you're holding in, in your highest goal that you want to experience, right? What do you want to experience? Because the gate 41 with the new year is all about using your imagination and the imagination is to be able to experience the world through possibilities, right? And then honoring your dream or honoring your hopes enough to do, do what's necessary to fulfill them. So many times we hold the dream, right? We hold this dream or this idea, but we're not taking action on it. That's more the negative or shadow energy of, of the new year uh, or of this gate at the new year is that we're, we have the vision and the dream, but are we willing to do what it takes? There's always that question. Are we uh, too much in fear to take those first steps? Are we uh, overwhelmed by the vision and we don't know how to proceed? The many different things that come up. But this is a time for big vision. This is a time for us to dream of that brighter future in whatever way that makes sense for you. And I think I also mentioned on Friday that even though it's the beginning of the new year, we have this crossover time 
This is called the dream time, perhaps, where we can take and really tap into our imagination. I think worse than not taking actions on the dream is to not have the dream, to not know what I want. I had a conversation with a client on Friday about this very thing, um, about not knowing what she wanted. And I said, well, maybe sometimes it's easier to see what you want by the things that you know that you don't want. For example, if you don't want to uh, be poor, then you must want in some way to be in prosperity or to have abundance. So that gives us a start, right? A way to be able to tap into if you're having trouble with what do I want, we'll take a look at what it is in your life that you're dissatisfied with at the moment that would give you clues. Remember uh, when we were talking about manifesting blueprints and I said that we're not all designed to manifest in the same way. Well, part of the manifesting blueprint is about, are you designed to see best what you want through contrast or are you best designed to see that what you want through similarity? That's a big key component. And, you know, literally half of you are going to be one way and half of you are going to be the other. So if you're seeing something out in the world that you really love, that you would really like to be or who you would like to be or what you would like to have, you're likely a similarity person and it's easier for you to resonate with what am I passionate about or what do I love or what do I want? What's in my imagination? The other half of you are more contrast oriented. And so it's easier maybe for you to see through what you don't want, which does not make you negative, by the way. It just means that your brain works a different way or your soul sees things differently. It sees better what it wants because it knows what it doesn't want. Okay. So think about that if you're having trouble, but it, you have to have the dream. You have to have something that you're wanting to create. And when you do, you've got this time period between now and uh, February 2nd, I believe it is, that is in the dream time, the picturing in your mind, the, um, the allowing yourself to just, you know, scribble out a picture of what it is that you want in your life. And then the action starts, right? You can't have what you want if you're not willing to take the action. So in the shadow of the 41, the shadow energy is about never taking the steps, never taking action toward your dreams or your goals or your aspirations, right? We start the new year with resolutions, right? We might say, oh, you know, this year I want to lose 20 pounds. And if you never stop eating all of the bad food, do you think you're going to get there? I suppose you could if you decided instead I was going to exercise madly, <laughs> but that's an action step, right? That would be an action step. So reminding yourself that if you have a dream, if you have something that you've imagined that you've wanted all your life, that you will not get there if you don't take it out of just imagination and take action. It has to be brought into the physical world. You live on a physical world, right? You live in a third dimensional world that requires action on your part to move forward, to do anything, right? So uh, Richard Rudd, I think, says this best in uh, the Gene Keys. He says, holding the key to your dreams in your hand, but never turning the lock. That would be the feeling of the shadow of, in his case, the shadow here of in the Gene Keys is fantasy, where it all just stays up here as a you know, mad dream kind of thing, a fant fantastical creation, uh, but that never grows legs and takes uh uh, any kind of step forward in the real world. Now, there's another problem that can develop, another shadow energy, if you will, that can develop in the 41. And that is when we have a tendency to fixate on the worst case scenarios, right? For example, we have this dream, maybe you want to buy a house, right? And you end up fixating on the cost. Uh, you end up fixating on uh, where would I live? What do I, you know, all of the things that might stop you from taking action, like, you know, the, your head <laughs> telling you, well, this isn't a good time to buy property, or this isn't a good time to buy a house. This is, you know, blah, blah, blah. No one's going to buy my house, right? There's that too. 
I uh, have had clients recently who, you know, have had their houses on the market for 40 days and they're panic stricken because it's not moving. And that's that that may be what you see out there, but that shouldn't be a reason for you to not hold to your dream, right? That gentleman who had the dream to get rovers onto Mars didn't give up. Now, I'm not saying it's going to take 40 years if you want a dream to come true. Um, you know, that think about the size of the of the dream to what it is that would need uh, action wise to be taken. So, you know, you have to compare apples to apples, not apples to oranges. That just doesn't work. So try to stay away from fixating on all the things that you don't want to happen or all of the things that are happening that are taking you away from what it is you want. And instead, focus on what you desire, right? Focus on what you desire. And when we're able to do that, the highest and best that can happen with this is that miracles happen, right? Miracles happen when we're able to link the imagination and right action, right? When we are willing to take the steps and to remind yourself at all times, there is never going to be a time where the a source or God or any other outside source is going to withhold something from you. If it's meant for you, you will have it. If it's something you want, something that you are passionate about, that's a clue that you can have it or else you wouldn't have the desire, right? It wouldn't be in your in your inner makeup. It wouldn't be a, a part of who you are to want something if it wasn't able to be yours, right? So if you can dream it, you can have it. You just have to keep the dream alive while taking action to get to where you want to go. This is also a time for breaking old patterns and old um, limiting beliefs, old thinking patterns, um, using your imagination and creative thinking instead of, you know, getting drawn into old limiting beliefs. Um, and then there's something else interesting in this. This could be a whole session or a whole um, uh, class webinar in and of itself. And that is about enoughness versus not enoughness. The 41 and all the way over to uh, the other side, which is where the uh, 30 is, can hold this energy of not enoughness. And it can spill out into our lives through um, overeating, over drinking, overworking, uh, all of the things that we can do because we have a sense that we're not enough, that we haven't done enough, that we aren't being enough. So we want to watch out for that enoughness versus not enoughness. That's going to be a theme um, throughout 2023 as especially with Saturn moving into Pisces, right? That's a distinctly Piscean energy. The 30 and the 55 are both Piscean energies and Aquarius Pisces for 30 and definitely Pisces for 55. So we're working sometimes against ourselves instead of for ourselves. So I think the new year gives us this opportunity to look at places maybe where we haven't been our own best friend, um, where we've, you know, second guessed ourselves or where we've given up and not kept um, hold of that dream. Um, where we've maybe had a self-worth issue and not felt worthy of having or being able to achieve what it is that we really want. Yikes, right? So that's why I think we get this couple of weeks reprieve between having to take that action and the dream, because we might have to look at different things that might trip us up. There's no problem in you know, finding the dream, right? Once we get to that dream, but what is it that we have that what, what old patterns or belief systems are we holding on to that might trip us up or stop us from getting to that dream, to bringing it into reality, right? So, and that can be different based on everybody's, you know, difference of a human design chart or astrology, right? These different things that you have. What what are your Achilles heels? What are your wounds? 
right? What are your spiritual challenges? Those are all seen through your human design uh, or through your astrology or both. Um, yet they're there. And unless you are willing to recognize them and, you know, at least give voice to them and understand that this might be the key to uh, unlocking my dream is because I'm going to trip myself up through some form of self-sabotage. Uh, maybe this is the year that you can really get through all of that, right? And get to the next steps. And uh, as we move into the second week of the human design year, we get to the gate 19. You know, I don't want to go too far into the 19 because I want you to live in the moment of the 41. The 19 doesn't come into play until uh, the 28th. And it's a gate that takes us in on a trip into the future, right? Looking through what we would call the templates or the morphogenetic fields or the uh, invisible ley lines, if you will, uh, to take a look at the future. What lies in the future? What are what are the trends? What are the things that people are going to be looking for? What And that's something we are all capable of doing. It's kind of just tapping in psychically, if you will, being sensitive to what are you seeing building around you? What are you sensing uh, is a direction that, you know, might really support you in your, uh, your next steps. So that's the 19. And then after that, we are able to start really taking some action and moving forward, but we have to, you know, do some things first. And it's really a part of self-care as well, right? Taking care of oneself, looking at your issues for yourself, looking at what you want for yourself. So you can do that through um, journaling. Uh, some people do mind maps at this time of the year for that. Uh, some people just make lists of ideas and, you know, work from that. But unless you start to take, th take yourself through that process, you're not going to know, right? You're not going to really know. So being enough isn't a part of um, be, being deserving. It isn't, a, it isn't, you are enough. You deserve everything you want. That has nothing to do with what you do. Uh, it is everything to do with who you are, right? Who you be in the world. Now, the interesting thing is where the earth is in all of this. Now, this has always kind of tripped me up because I couldn't understand how the 41 would be linked with the 31, the 41 being very imagination oriented and dreaminess and dream oriented and the 31 being about leadership, right? It's about leading and being a leader and taking, you know, a sort of on the mantle of leadership. But if you start to look at the leadership energy as you becoming the leader in your own life, it makes sense, right? Then it starts to make sense. And that was the thing I was missing is like, well, you know, I'm thinking of leaders like, you know, presidents of companies, presidents of countries, um, you know, that kind of leadership. And that's one kind of leadership, definitely, right? The people that we elect to represent us, that that is a form of, you know, leadership for them. But for all of us, it is about our own recognition that we're our own leaders in our lives. Nobody else can lead you out of the dark and into the light. That is your own, you know, I, when I do a reading for you, I can show you the signposts, but I can't take you, put a leash on you and drag you into your best life. You have to do that. Right. And I wouldn't suggest dragging yourself. I would just say <laughs> being open to just moving forward into your best life. That is your job, for example. Right. That is your leadership position is to be your own leader here in the unbalanced energy of that gate. We might kind of default. Right. We just default. We don't show up right? We don't do what it is that we need to do. And on the other side of the coin is the more uh, arrogant way of behaving. And that is seizing control of what it is that you want, rather than doing the work yourself, commanding others, right? To ma making others do it for you. So um, it has a lot to do with um, being able to see yourself in your genius, see yourself in your own brilliance. And validate that you are worthy 
not because of what you've done, not because of what you're going to do, but because of who you are intrinsically at soul level. So uh, that is it for me this morning. Questions? Hi, JLo. She says, I'm ready as I have the 41.3 in my radiance, right? Shine the light. Shine the light there. And uh, Tom says, here we go again, out with the old and in with the new. I think it's just a continuation of the same theme, out with the old, in with the new. And let's see if we can pull a couple of cards to shine some light on that for us. And I kind of feel like maybe we need a uh, angel guide. And I want to find the dragons. There you are. We need an angel and a dragon, right? Angels and dragons. They're very powerful beings in their own right. Dragons, I always feel like, are connecting us with our passion. So I think that might be helpful. And angels are always guiding us the next steps that we need to take to get to the demonstration of our passions, right? The living out loud. So I'm going to draw an angel card first because I just happened to open that deck first. Oh, hey, you want to flip out intuition and downloads what a beautiful card we haven't used this deck enough for me to say oh we've seen this before this is intuition and downloads is that pretty kind of looks like a phoenix right there on her uh, chest so let's see what this card holds for us and here we go it says Hearing high-pitched noises, seeing flickers of light, and having the sense that beings are visiting you in your sleep are all signs that you are receiving downloads from heaven. When you draw this card, your angels want you to know that the feelings you are having and the intuitive urges that you have been feeling are divinely inspired. If you feel that you've been having psychic insights into a particular situation and have been wondering if you can trust them, this card is reassuring you that they are indeed correct. This is a time when you are able to see, hear, and feel beyond the human senses. Your intuition is becoming stronger and you are in touch with angels, guides, and other divine beings who are encouraging your growth and connection to the universe. Here's the extended message. You are a light worker. This means that you have the capacity to bring light to the earth through your presence and purpose. Even though you may feel sensitive and overwhelmed, know that your gifts are stronger now and your psychic muscles are moving. You are being encouraged to look beyond what your physical eyes are showing you. You may want to use what you pick up to plan ahead. If so, it's important to keep your mind and energy focused on the best possible outcome. Be aware of signs and symbols showing up at this time. Your angels are sending you important messages that will help you move forward in your life. Call upon them to help you connect deeply with the spiritual vision that is opening up within you. There we go. Intuition and downloads. Such a wonderful card. Such validation of the moon in Pisces today, of the imagination and what we need to do to go forward. Uh, and as well, that dream time sort of energy. All right. Now, let's get a dragon. By the way, that was a deck by Kyle Gray called Angel Guide Oracle. Angel Guide Oracle. All right. And the dragons, of course, are by Diana Cooper. The deck is called Dragon Oracle Cards. She also has a book. Um, besides the, the little book that comes with them, she has a book written about dragons, which I own somewhere here, too. Kind of when I cleaned up my desk in my office and, you know, tore, tore it all apart, I kind of put things some places that I just don't remember now where I put them. But I'm sure I'll find them when I need them. We have a royal blue and gold dragon. Strengthens you to stand in your power with wisdom. Awaken to your own majesty. Wear your cloak of power and pride. Royal blue and gold dragon. That's a beautiful one, right? Look how pretty. Uh, okay, now let's see. Royal blue and gold dragon. What are you? Uh, let's see. Royal blue and gold dragon is a fifth dimensional dragon. And page 70. All right. So 
Royal blue and gold are the colors of majesty, dignity, and illumined achievement. Royal blue and gold dragons carry these qualities and prompt us to stand in our magnificence and true power. These fifth dimensional dragons come to us when they see royal blue, it's funny I'm wearing royal blue, and gold in our aura, indicating that we hold wisdom with power in perfect balance, which has been earned from our connections with the golden era of Atlantis. We may have been incarnate or in spirit at that time, but we were living or serving on a higher path. The dragons will swirl around us, reminding us who we truly are and breathing light into our energy fields to reawaken our ancient gifts and talents so that we can utilize them once more in service. They will re-energize our cloak of power and wisdom so that we can wear it with pride. I love it. Here's your guidance. A royal blue and gold dragon is lighting up the gifts and talents you carry in your aura. It is breathing courage, support, and dignity into you so that you can wear your cloak of power and wisdom with pride. Most important of all, it is awakening you to who you truly are. It is enabling you to radiate your special light. The dragon is This dragon is always with you. It holds your sword of truth so Archangel Michael can enable you to speak and act with truth and honor at all times. It roars at those who try to diminish you and befriends those who empower you. You have all the support you need to teach divine majesty by example. Here we go. Sounds pretty good too. Royal blue and gold dragon. I love it. All right. Uh, just a reminder, today's desire to inspire broadcast on forgiveness will be postponed until next week uh, because of the death in our family. And um, Jennifer, Heather, and I will be with you on Monday, the 30th at 4 p.m. to work through forgiveness. Sounds like a worthy thing for us to do next week. Take care, everybody. It's good to see you. Oh, don't forget, this is your last full week to order your astrology of 2023 reading if you want to do that. Um, for anybody who might have tried to schedule that, there was a problem in the calendar. It has since been fixed. And hopefully everybody can get them get their reading in. You have until the 31st to buy that. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye.